0: Welcome to Women United Art Podcast, a space dedicated to women artists from all around the globe. Together, we'll dive deep into all things related to our art practices and life experiences. Stay tuned for tips and great advice from incredible women who are killing it in the art world. My name is Mona Lurch. I am a visual artist, artist coach, and founder of Art Moms United and Women United Art Movement, and I'm inviting you now to be the choreographer of your own life. I hope this podcast will inspire you and help you navigate through the next steps in your art career. And with that being said, let's begin our journey together. Another episode of Women United Art Podcast is here. Thank you for tuning in and celebrating our inspiring guests with me. I think we will all enjoy this interview. As the woman I'm welcoming in today is not only a visual artist, but also a multi-six-figure marketing company director with years and years of experience in the field. Afton Brazoni is a multi-passionate creative who knows her way around balancing art and business and is ready to share some valuable advice with us today. Afton, welcome here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mona.
0: Thank you for being here today. I would like to start with your background. So I myself started my creative practice later in life after having a successful career in a completely different field, but at the same time, utilizing a lot of my previous experience to my advantage in the creative business. Can you take us through your beginnings as a marketing specialist and how were your artistic passions ignited?
1: Absolutely. So I think I've always been a creative person. I'm really a writer at heart. And and that's how I got into marketing. And I'll talk a little bit about that. But today, obviously, I'm both a writer and an artist. But I think creativity has always been a part of my life. And I'm sure that for so many of us, that's true in one way or another. It's something that we've always done. So like I said, I actually was a, a published writer Many years ago, um, I started as a journalist in my early 20s, and I quickly kind of went into public relations and marketing from there. And at the time, I always had an appreciation for visual arts, but I would sort of just dabble in different things. I remember when a community arts center opened in the mountain town I was living in at the time in Western Canada, I took um, some glasswork classes there, some ceramics classes, Everything was really just kind of dabbling and just for fun at the time, but it always really, really piqued my interest. And at the same time, of course, I was advancing through my career in marketing. And so I worked for other companies for ten years before I actually started my own business back in 2019, and that's my company, Scribe National. And so the today, I guess, actually, it's uh, just past our fourth anniversary now um, this fall. And yeah, that's where I am today. And we we work with companies. Mostly in North America, throughout Canada and the US, we have had some clients in Europe as well, and really just telling a a broad range of stories. And so that's kind of what I do as my day job, so to speak. And I've also been an oil painter for the past three years as well now.
0: Thank you so much for sharing all that. I believe that a person who establishes their own company in any field, which doesn't necessarily have to be artistic, you know, brush in your hand is highly creative. What do you think was your biggest advantage when you decided to embark on your painting career?
1: Oh, I love that question. I I would say the words curiosity and openness really came to mind when you asked me that question because I, I agree with you. Like starting a business is taking a massive leap, even when you do. Still have a job at the same time, and and that was my case actually, but I think with the painting, I was really just I was looking for connection. So I started attending a community art center for painting during COVID. Um, obviously, lockdowns were on and off, but during the time where things were open, and I was really just looking for connection at the time. And the last time I had actually tried painting before that. I really didn't think I was any good at it at all. It was, it was just a paint night. It was just kind of something for fun, but it was, I guess that curiosity and that willingness to try again, you know, and just that willingness to kind of put myself out there because I wanted to connect with others in the community. And then it turned into something that I really had no idea or expectation that it would. And, you know, three years later I've sold paintings, I've participated in shows and it's, I think it does come back to just that curiosity and openness because you don't know where life is going to take you.
0: And what do you think was that key moment? Because you just said that at the beginning, you didn't think you were any good at it. What was that moment when it shifted and you were like, hmm,
1: maybe I'm onto something here? You know, it's funny because I wish, I don't love the answer that I have for this and I I wish it was different. But I think for so many of us, it's when, someone else gives you permission to believe that you're good at something. And so in my case, it was actually the very first painting I was working, like my first original that I was working on in class. And I think that validation came from my teacher, you know, and, and she was really encouraging and she seemed to think I had something there. And yeah, I wish I could say that it was like an internal knowledge, but but that was probably the moment is just kind of someone else believing that, you might have something here. And that gave me that encouragement that I needed. You know what? It's funny you say that because when I started painting,
0: I started painting for myself as a way to heal from difficult situations in life. And then I was like, well, maybe I should create an account on Etsy or somewhere and try and sell it. And so the very, well, it wasn't a first painting, but there were like four pieces that were part of these like four season collection. And I uploaded it to Etsy. And then I don't know, two weeks later, it was sold all four of them. And I think that was the moment for me when I was like, wow, people, you know, it's not just friends and family who tell you, oh, this is nice, you know, (laughs) nice hobby you have. No, there was actually a person on the other side of the world in Australia, who purchased four of my pieces. And I think that was that moment of encouragement when I was like, okay, let's try it again. Like, you know, this was easy. (laughs) I mean, it's not easy, but but at that moment, it just felt like, wow, I didn't even have to try that much and someone actually loved it. So I totally
1: feel you on that, that there was that external validation for me as well. I love that story. And A, I'm glad to know I'm not the only one. And B, it's like, Yes, you're totally right. It's it's hard and it's not hard. It's like, obviously, you creating the paintings, it's like, sure, that was easy. Someone liked this. But I think what's what can be difficult, which stops so many people, is the not even putting yourself out there. Like, if you hadn't have put them up, you would never have known that someone would have loved them that quickly, right? So I'm just so glad to hear that you did that.
0: Totally. And it's it's also funny because I... At the beginning, I used to ask my husband, "Is like, what do you think? And he's like, don't ask me that. I don't want to, you know that I will always, not that I will always say that I love them, but he will tell me honestly, you know, oh, this is really good. And most of them he would like. He's like, I'm not, you know, the right person to tell you whether it's good or not. So, you know, it was finally someone else. And yeah, I mean, I think it's true for so many of us that the first step, had to be from someone else.
1: Absolutely. It's funny that you say that because I have a similar experience with my husband. He's like, I'm not really the best person to ask. <laughs> but I think obviously we just go to the people that are close to us in our lives with those things. But yeah, I I think you're you're totally right. I'm sure for many of us, it is that sort of when you can feel like you can call yourself an artist or not especially if you're self-taught like obviously I I did attend classes and learn from someone but I don't have like formal art training from school or anything like from a post-secondary and so yeah I think it it's that moment where if someone else recognizes you as an artist it's like oh okay
0: sometimes we just need someone, you know, outside of our immediate circle to just see that and let you know that they loved it. I wanted to ask you about some challenges, maybe at the beginning when, you know, you decided you're going to create this business outlet. I I'd like to call it a business outlet because it's a small business. So
1: when you decided to create that, what do you think were your challenges? That's a great question. And, you know, I think there's always so many. And even in my, my other business, which is much more established, I literally was saying today that it sometimes feels like it's one step forward and one step back. So certainly (laughs) there, there are many, but I think one of the things was, well, kind of on, kind of on the note we were talking about, like even the decision to do that or not, like even the decision to monetize something because as an entrepreneur and a multi-passionate entrepreneur, I have the tendency to want to make everything a business. And so there was that moment of thinking like, do I do I paint for myself because I truly get enjoyment out of this and it's therapeutic for me and I love it? Or do I, you know, still do that, but also try to sell the art. And ultimately, that's what I chose to do, and, and I've sold a bit. I think it's it's just going with what's true to you, right? Like for me, I am an entrepreneurial person. Um, I never used to be, but, but over the past five years, I really have become one. And I think it's okay to just take it in whatever direction feels right to you. And whether you, like you might have some people in your life who are saying, don't make it a business, you know, just do it because you love it. And you may have others who feel like you should make it a business, but it's almost like drowning out that noise and just, thinking about what you actually want to do with this. And I love the idea of sharing my art with other people. And I love the idea of, you know, participating in group shows and connecting with other artists. So I'm glad I made the decision, but in the beginning, it was a bit challenging to figure out like what was the right step with that. And then I think one of one of the other challenges that isn't necessarily something from early on, but is continuous is just like finding the time for the art practice, when it's not the thing that you do full time. And that's something that I've definitely struggled with, wish I could say I've mastered by now, but I haven't. Um, but I'm still working on it for sure. You also mentioned that
0: you are a writer. So is your writing and your visual art intertwined in any way?
1: So there are intertwined in a small way in the sense that I do have a blog on my website. So my artist website, there is a blog on there. And I love to write about sort of the inspiration behind my art or just different art that I've seen on my travels. I also really like traveling. So that's something that I'm always paying attention to when I visit a country. But in terms of the rest of my writing business, it's not particularly connected. Um, We've had several clients that actually quite a few clients that are in arts and culture, but we do a lot of work for a lot of different businesses. I think the thing for me that is connected like on an innate level is just the joy I feel when I'm writing or when I'm painting. It's a very similar feeling like that's when I'm in the zone, when I absolutely love what I'm doing. Um, And I get that both from writing and painting very, very strongly.
0: Now, let's talk about having multiple professions. Well, we've been talking about that, but like a specific question on that. How important do you think systems and routines are to maintain
1: a healthy balance? That is an excellent question. And I think they're extremely important. I think that, you know, they don't always come naturally and, You know, sometimes for creative people, it's like the last thing that you want to do. I would so much rather be writing or painting than doing any kind of administrative systems related work, but I definitely know the value of it. And, and same with routines, right? It's, it's like you said, it's all connected, but yeah, they're, they're essential. And I, I think when it comes to systems and routines, it's something that I've really noticed in my marketing business made a huge difference. And even though my art business currently is, you know, at a much earlier, much smaller stage, it's something that's on my mind and is absolutely going to be implemented in the future, even though, again, it's like, of course, I'd rather be painting, but you have to recognize the value of it because the more you can systematize things, if you you think about it, even though you have to spend time upfront creating those systems, when you're using them, it's actually going to give you more time to create and do the things that you love.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, you speak openly about your successes and failures, which I think is super important as I think it makes anyone's journey much
1: more relatable for other people. Can you share some of those with me? Yeah, you know, it's so timely that you asked that actually because and just in the spirit of openness, obviously, you know, with the change of season. I live in Western Canada. It's been getting pretty cold, pretty dark, and personally I just tend to kind of get down around this time of year and I think it's actually so useful to reflect on a on both our successes and failures but also b to sometimes just think about those successes especially when you're not feeling great about yourself so it's just kind of funny that you asked that because I was thinking about that this morning but yeah absolutely like I think I mean even this interview right like we were talking before the recording and I was saying to you how, I've done so many interviews for my marketing business and this is my very first one for my art business and so i think that's just a reminder to like celebrate the small wins you know and just remember those things like for artists who are further along in their career those of course probably seem like smaller things but it's wherever you kind of are in that moment in time those are all things that three years ago two years ago would not have been something I could say that I've done. So I mean, those are, those are huge to me. Now, in my marketing business, of course, I'm a lot further along with that. Um, It's been going for, you know, four years, I had 10 years prior experience to that. And I have grown that into a multi six figure business. And I'm, I'm super proud of that, even though it's funny, because it is still even a little bit uncomfortable to like, come out and talk about that kind of a thing. But you know there's been lots of successes in that just in the sense that i have a great team um the the people that i work with have been with me pretty much since the beginning which is saying a lot because it's a contract team and so they're entrepreneurs in their own right they have the opportunity to go anywhere and work with anyone but they're still choosing to to work with me and my clients regularly and then of course you know lots of lots of happy clients and client successes on that front so that that's kind of in a different vein. And then, you know, when it comes to the failures, I think of course there's been many, right? It's like there's mistakes that you make. There's, you know, on the art side, there's like a painting that doesn't turn out well at all and you don't even decide to salvage it. You just totally start over and make something new. Um there's rejections obviously like shows rejected from, you know, people that don't buy things like that. And again, even on even in my business now, like, although it is further along, we still have setbacks all the time. And I think you just have to realize, like, those are part of the process and they're never going to go away. So you've got to just keep going. So since you mentioned
0: that, you know, you've done a lot of podcasts on the marketing topic um, and this is your first one on your art practice, how does
1: that make you feel? It's incredible. It's literally an incredible feeling because I think, I think it's because I've, I've like been down this road where when I started my, my marketing company, it was like, that was just a tiny thing at one point. And I have seen how something can grow and I know how something can grow. And obviously like, I don't know the future and I don't know that my art business will be as successful as my marketing one, but it's like that, possibility and that hope of knowing that like you have to start somewhere and something can grow. So yeah, it's it's totally an awesome feeling. So being involved in multiple creative outlets myself,
0: I know how important it is to step away <laughs> and focus on self-care. So, what do you do when things get a little overwhelming?
1: Yeah, I am so with you on that. It's critical to step away. Um, For me, getting into nature is the biggest thing. So I lived in a mountain town for seven years. I still live really close to it, actually. If any of the listeners are familiar with Banff, I used to actually work in that town. And you know, it's a huge ski destination in Canada. And anyway, I'm not so much a skier. I am a little bit, but I'm very into hiking. And so for me, when I'm feeling overwhelmed or like just just disconnected from myself, going hiking and getting into nature is literally like medicine to me. And it's absolutely the reset I need every single time. And I can always tell when I haven't been doing it enough because everything just sort of feels heavier. And then once you go and you fill your soul up again with that, it's like an instant reset. So I don't know about our listeners, but I am very familiar with Banff actually, because
0: I've been like binge watching my friend's photos and videos. She actually spent five years there. She's now back in in the country, in in our country. She just went back a week ago for, for 10 days or seven days. And again, like shared beautiful photos. And I totally get what you mean, because it's gorgeous.
1: Like for me, that's just amazing. That What a cool connection. Like it's such a small world. And yeah, so I used to work in Banff and uh, that's just so cool that you know it and she's there or she was there. <laughs> so from a marketing perspective and
0: artists, what do you think artists often struggle with when it comes to marketing their work?
1: I think one of the biggest things is just this push and pull between like wanting to create the work and maybe marketing is not your thing maybe it's not something you love the visibility piece of like oh i have to you know film this reel and try to get these views on instagram and even as a marketer like i actually completely feel that way myself because i just want to create the art Like, I, you know, I don't want to figure out like, what's the most trending thing on reels that's going to take off. And so I think it's, it's probably important around managing this idea of creative burnout and, you know, content creator burnout and things like that. And I would just say that it can be obviously so easy to just get caught up in like, comparison, you know, um, all of these negative things that we might feel. And again, like, I can't say that I fully figured it out myself because I definitely feel those things as well. But I think that when it comes to marketing your art, it's like striking that balance between making sure you're doing what you need to do and creating the art and then trying to figure out like a reasonable, realistic Content publishing schedule for you, and that, and that's so key for every small business owner, whether it's an art business or any kind of business, because you can easily burn yourself out. and And just remembering, like the person, it sounds cliche, but it's like the person you should be competing with, so to speak, really is yourself. It's easy to see, like, oh, this artist, you know, they have so much acclaim, or they they're doing these shows, or winning these awards, or they have this large audience. Um, But I think just remembering, like, it's actually about how can I create better art, first and foremost, like before thinking about creating better content, you know, it's the art should be the focus. And then just, you know, experimenting with your own content and seeing what you can do better tomorrow than you did the day before. Um, And and again, like, I have not fully figured that out. I still compare myself to people all the time. But I, I think if we try to only compete with ourselves, the marketing can feel a little bit less draining and, you know, toxic, where I know it can sometimes get to that negative point.
0: Which leads me to another question that I just came up with in my head. Let's talk about AI a little. So I know there was this outrage amongst artists that, you know, like we have these AI-generated artworks. But then also from a marketing perspective, and I know this because my friend works in a marketing company um, and they started using AI uh, for copywriting. So you have a team of people who works for you and then you are an artist as well. What is your view on using AI and
1: how can we use it to our advantage as artists? Yeah, I've been having so many conversations about this and you're absolutely right. I feel it on both sides because it's being used for writing and it's being used for art. And it, to be perfectly honest, I think I'm still forming my view on it, but I can I can definitely speak to it. I have a lot of thoughts um, and I would say that they probably mostly just boil down to using it thoughtfully and carefully, but I'll I'll explain kind of more what I mean by that. Um, I'll talk about it first on the marketing side. Like in our company, we use it a lot for ideas, right? Like um, the clients that work with us actually do really value and they want their content written by a human, and thankfully, uh, right. So that's you know that's one side to it because there's there's things that AI can do really really well. The writing isn't fully there yet, especially for the kind of long form content that we do. But I think it's knowing like when to use it to your advantage, because the answer certainly isn't to ignore it or to hide or pretend that it doesn't exist as much as, you know, it might bring up feelings of uncertainty. And we might want to do that. Sometimes it's, it's definitely here to stay and it's only going to get smarter and better. So I think it's really about like leaning into it and kind of learning how you can use it to your advantage. And so on the art side, Uh, I admittedly, I haven't actually used it in my art practice in the same way that like in my writing practice, I've used it to help with ideas. But again, I think it's, it's not about whether it replaces the artist. And I certainly would never want to see a world like that, but it's about how, you know, maybe how can we, how can we use it? And even if it's not being used directly in your creative process, You like going back to what you said earlier about systems and processes. Artists can use it for things like that, right? And artists could, you know, go into Chat GPT and put in a prompt like, "Write me a standard operating procedure for uh, shipping and and ordering, or or whatever." Like some things that you may not even think of that you don't want to do in your art business that it could help you with. And so, I think just just getting started and just dabbling is really important. And like, not being afraid to learn about the tools, use the tools. But at the end of the day, like, I know, I'm always going to value art that's created by humans. And and I'm sure that that's a pretty widely held view. But absolutely, there's uncertainty right now, for sure. And I get that.
0: Thank you so much for, you know, your takes on that. Because I recently started playing around with with AI when it comes to copy and, you know, like sales page and stuff like that. But it's been very recent and, uh, and it's really interesting. And in terms of, you know, me being an artist, I think it solves a big issue with reference photos as well, because now you can create the reference photo yourself and you don't have to worry about like copyright and stuff. So I think, you know, that's one way we artists, like directly in the art practice and, and art making process, how we can utilize that. Um, but other than that, I don't know. I haven't used that. I haven't tried myself. So it's, it was just a thought for, for the future.
1: You know, I had the exact same thought because there's been a lot of times, like all of my paintings are generally from photos that I've taken on hikes. But there's been so many times where I've had ideas for paintings that aren't related to that, but I just like can't get the sketch down on paper because it's something totally new in my head and it doesn't usually relate to landscape art. And I had the exact same thought. So I will probably try that at some point myself too.
0: If you were to create a plan for another artist who wants to introduce other creative areas into their business, so let's say, workshops or coaching, publication, podcast, what have you? What would it look like in terms of balance between creativity, admin
1: stuff and marketing? Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's such a that's such a good question. Oh my gosh, I'm going to try to come up with some ratios here like Let's say that you were going to dedicate, like, I don't know if these will be right, but let's say if you were going to dedicate 50% of your time to actually creating the art, I, I feel like that is still going to have to be a pretty big chunk of time. And it's also probably going to be important to keep that in there because just as a little side note, there was a time in my marketing business where I kind of tried to pull myself completely out of service delivery. So in other words, actually writing for clients and i just lost a lot of the joy in the business like i need to write i love writing and that's why i do this so i would say if i was creating a plan for another artist who wanted to have multiple streams of income in their business the whole reason why you're doing it to begin with has still got to be in there you know so if you love the painting or or whether it's ceramics or printmaking or whatever it is like give yourself enough time to still do that but i would say Keeping your, your plan as simple as possible. And again, back to those systems and processes and routines is huge because you honestly can't do everything. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure we all know that, but I think um, we tend to kind of overextend ourselves. And so it, just pick a couple of things, right? Like you mentioned, workshops. So maybe it's doing one a month, and then working back from there and saying like, okay, if I want to successfully fill this workshop, maybe I need to, how many marketing emails do I need to send out? Okay. Maybe it's three, maybe it's five, but whatever it is, knowing that working back, how many times do I need to post on social media about it? What am I doing to actively grow my audience? So like something like this, right? Appearing on a podcast, pitching a, an art magazine, you know, um, Even attending a show, and even if you don't happen to sell anything at a particular show, it's still like meeting people, giving out those business cards, you know? So I think we have to think about it like an ecosystem because none of these things really happen in isolation. And I hate to sound too much like a marketer, but it's like considering your whole brand as an artist and knowing that, yes, you're going to have the actual art that you sell, um, then you're going to have, you know, the the sort of side revenue streams that you have for it. But having that tie up into a brand that's really cohesive and so that people understand who you are, what you stand for, and it, it all sort of flows together really nicely. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I also wanted to ask you about
0: your services. Do you work with uh, companies only or do you ever work with individuals?
1: Yeah, we actually do work with individuals. It is mostly companies, but I actually really love working with individuals because you're just so much closer to the passion of the business. I find when you do that, usually when we're working with companies, their marketing team actually brings us in to, to help them. And, you know, of course, they're passionate about their mission and things, but there's really nothing like working with the actual business owner themselves. And yeah, so certainly, you know, things like, um, brand messaging, content strategy, and content writing for artists—that's something that you know we can absolutely help with.
0: Yeah, so that sort of led me to my next question: How would an artist benefit from working with you? Because that's you know, let's do a little promo here. <laughs> so, so if I was if if I was an artist who just really wants to like speed things up and create a brand and just you know be out there in the world and is able and willing to ask for help, which is a crucial thing as well. So how would they benefit from working with you?
1: Yeah, I think there's this really important balance to strike of like not investing too, too heavily in marketing at the beginning, but also seeking that expertise. And so I think that's how they would benefit is is like having that strategic guidance, having someone to just do it for you and take it off your plate, right? Like if they are looking to get a brand I mean, they may want to do the visual side, obviously, since they have a, a really strong skill set for that. But to have a brand that both is, you know, visually very strong, but also has really consistent, compelling messaging, working with an expert on that to get it in place. And then obviously the strategy as well, but keeping it simple. Like it doesn't need to be this big, massive, you know, multi-page marketing strategy or anything like that. I am a huge advocate of keeping it simple especially for small business and I think that's something that when you work with an expert like they can they can rein you in on that kind of stuff the right kind of person should do that like they should never be telling you you need all of these different things because that's honestly only going to complicate things so I think like just cutting through the noise and just being like this is what's going to actually help you The most. Let's identify like three things and let's just do those things, you know, and and keeping it simple like that. Um, And I mean, even going back to AI, like we were talking about earlier, you know, as much as I'm obviously an advocate for original content and the importance of that, there's also times where it's like, let's say if you're an artist and you only have so much money to invest in marketing, get, you know, the things that I would get a human to do is like, get a real solid brand messaging playbook that you can use for all of your marketing, get a strategy. And then sure. If you want to take that messaging, put it into AI and get a few social media posts generated. Like, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So it's looking at ways to save time and money and, and just really identify like the key things that you need. And, you know, don't ever work with a marketing person that tells you that you need to spend like a ton of money and do all of these different tactics.
0: Thank you so much for for sharing that. I want to go back to your art practice. What are your plans for 2024?
1: Yeah, so for 2024, I'm just really excited to, first and foremost, actually create more art because 2023 was a pretty light year in terms of me actually creating. Whereas in the years before that, I was actually producing more paintings. So I think just being in my studio... And actually creating art is going to be number one. I'm evolving my style. It's a little bit more realistic right now. And I'm actually kind of moving towards a more, I guess, impressionist, you know, not fully abstract by any means. um, Still landscapes, still oils. It's not a drastic change, but I'm just really loosening up my style. So I think that's going to be something that I'm continuing to focus on through 2024 is just honing that brushwork itself and, getting better at, I I mean, color always sort of an evolution with that, but especially getting better at having, conveying light in my paintings. You know, obviously there's, you'll see artists out there who can just do that so well. And that's something that I want to get better at. And of course, you know, shows meeting more people, um, hopefully selling some work along the way as well. And, you know, just trying to enjoy it while I'm at it as well. With having all
0: that knowledge, from your other profession how do you promote your art or reach out to galleries or land opportunities
1: yeah i wish i could say that i you know <laughs> i think the issue that it always comes down to is when i when you're marketing other people's businesses so much sometimes the the business that you have <laughs> unfortunately gets left to the side And that is something that happens with both my art and my writing business. You know, the clients always are the priority. But what I have done is, you know, even just opportunities like this, right? I think it comes down to putting yourself out there and getting visible. So I will apply for shows. I will, you know, if I see calls like uh, media opportunities, I'll apply for those. I will I haven't actually reached out to any galleries yet but that's definitely something in 2024 that I'm considering doing. And I think another thing is just constant learning. Like I no longer attend the first studio that I was talking about where I started my painting journey but I'm I still do online classes. Like I think it's just about constant improvement, constant learning, making sure you're sharing your work on a regular basis and putting yourself out there and even though sometimes of course, I wish that I had more time to market my art business. I think the thing is, is like, even if you don't have as much time as you wish you had, make the most of the time that you do have, right? And just even little actions can go a long way because we wouldn't be here, right? Like if I didn't sign up for this opportunity, we wouldn't be here. And so I think it's like, even if you can take a small step, it's going to have a big impact.
0: And I love that you mentioned that, you know, the things you know for your clients usually like tend to go to the side for your own stuff because I can talk hours on, you know, like boosting your creative practice, how to do this and that. And then I look at my Instagram and I'm like, oh my, I'm like crickets because I just don't have the time. It's like, I have all the knowledge in the world. (laughs) Not not that, but you know, like i I know enough to mentor other artists and coach other artists you know to to just uplift them and and empower them in their journeys, and then my art practice is very slow, I would say, <laughs> because of that, but i just I really enjoy talking to other people and really helping them you know go for their dreams and and gain everything they want. <laughs>
1: Exactly. I 100% agree. You're totally not alone in that. And it's like, I don't know, it's sometimes you pour so much into that. Like, I am marketing other people's businesses all day. When I'm done, I just want to paint, you know, I don't. (laughs) But but again, it's like, that's the constant challenge. But yeah, you're so right. And I totally agree.
0: So we're slowly coming to the end of our interview today. And I have one last question. What is the number one advice you wish you knew when you were launching your art practice, art business?
1: Oh, that is a great question. I'm sure there's more than one, but I think the thing I'm going to go back to is that the focus should be on the art, right? So like for me, obviously that's painting. I'm sure there's others listening in a variety, working in a a variety of mediums, but because I have that personality where it's like, I want to take it and make it a business, you know, again, like don't fight who you are. It's okay. But at the same time, it's like, you're doing this for the art. And so it should be that, that dedicated practice and just that improvement and that learning itself on those things before any of the other stuff. I personally think. Thank you so much for
0: sharing that. And thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I'm really excited about, you know, seeing you grow your art practice. And I'm really excited about seeing what 2024 brings. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was an awesome conversation, so much fun. And I'm excited to stay in touch as well.
0: Thank you for listening to Women United Art Podcast. This show is brought to you by Women United Art Movement, a global platform championing women in the arts. For more information about us and our current opportunities, please check womenunitedartmovement.com or grab a copy of Women United Art Magazine, our quarterly print and digital publication that highlights extraordinary women creatives, inspiring industry leaders, and remarkable art organizations you enjoyed listening to this episode we'd also love it if you could leave us a review or follow us on instagram see you next time